Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, 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 my Survivor friends. This is Chris. What follows is another listener-submitted story. It's called The Electric Witch by fellow Survivor Chris Zaniga, and it is read and produced by show editor Dwayne. Now, let me repeat, this is not the main narrative. This is a between-season sampling from an emerging writer, who lives with us here in the Apocalypse Bunker. When Chris sent me the beginnings of this story, I liked it. It was just a kernel, just a beginning, and it had some challenges, some flaws, but it also had something unique about it. And the thing that I liked most about it was the atmosphere that Chris was creating in this piece. It has this dark, resonating fever dream atmosphere. You can see, smell, and hear the darkness, the wind, and the energy crackling. And also the prose is unique. He has a unique voice. You have to listen well and pay attention because he does take some left turns in sentence structure and word choice that are, for me anyhow, counterintuitive to what my mind is expecting. And when I listen to the music of the prose, and it makes it interesting. So for you, my survivor friends listening today, I would advise you to slow down and listen closely to what's going on. Pay attention. The piece is somewhere around 25 minutes long, which is a tad longer than I usually go in one of my episodes, but I think it's worth it. And I will add a brief interview chat with Chris on the back end and some outro comments of my own. But let's all applaud Chris for having the the courage to put himself out there and another round of hand claps and hearty back slaps to Dwayne for producing this into something wonderful. Take a deep breath, settle in, as the After the Apocalypse Theater presents The Electric Witch, written by Chris Zaniga and produced by Dwayne Hesfeld. Electric Witch The stormy night, cracking, sways the wind sideways across the skies. The rain drenches her pale white skin as her wickedness freezes it to ice and hail as falling gravel the size of stones. Her eyes aglow, 
Send white beams of lightning scanning her surround for those that cower and oppose. Runes in hand and adorning her neck brill her skin tight while she reaches with the devil's horns. Her long fingers, stiff, stretched to the wind above her head, lost in the locks of blackened ends of flaming blue silver strands of silken hair, she chants her spell, binding all that fear her call and the ice of her skin. Her toll comes from the green sea of lake as she rises call to demons to strike. Strike with their crackles of electricity, their thunders of doom. Blind them with the thick fog. Let down their fire of white flame and burn the wretched that do not fear her claims. She calls the hooves of the trees. Bring your beast's fang and claw to defeat those who dread and do not concede. To me! I claim your forest, your meadows, all to the sea. The land you break to dirt in which you plant my mother's seeds. That which you thought yours belongs to my mother. And she sends the daughter of Hecate to sound the thunder, to trumpet and shake your minds, electrify your death. Dread my fingertips as I find your children and cleanse retribution. Let my tongue spit these words. I encant this message while my ice-cold blue eyes burn you with the freeze that runs through my veins. May brim and stone fall upon all who dare to run from me. I call the frogs to rain and devour those who are foul and wrong, dead and laden. May the blackened flies rot at your teeth. May the worms of the earth fill your eyes and fill you with their loving soil so others may feast. May mother take your bones to feed those that crawl from centipede to scorpion and leave no flesh so your dust be none as it burns and replenish that. Which... You have forsaken. As her words bite and spit the hex of her curse, the lightning and static of all electricity forms and envelops her. Blinding light of white form a ball hex thirteen feet round. The sound is miraculous white noise, shrieking and shearing sound, blinding their eyes, bleeding their ears, and erupting in lightning strikes that travel as fleeing scorpions, searching, stinging every crevice. It stops abruptly the ears of any surviving, and brings death, if not purified by the relentless lightning strikes of death. The witch drew breath as the sea of lake receded and the storm calmed to her chill of bone. Her eyes changed and returned from her whites. Her anger was fed and the lust of the earth ate the dead that lay upon her bed of seeds. The mother Hecate spoke with spear and sword as her tongue with unholy but spiritual witchism condemning all that still stand, stone, tree, all brought from those who were mortal human and beast were fell to knee and rubble. Level to the eyes of the witch who has sworn to her soul and mother Hecate. Life not only of hers but those who had come forth and opposed. 
that all her sacrifice bleed and fill the cup of earth to her mother, that she may drink and live forever as the earth and soil, wind of the sky, water of the seas, that continual cipher that feeds all realms. The witch descended from the skies and drew near the stones of the lake shore. Her feet bare, pale blue in color, and steaming as if heated by fire and darker to the toes, mesmerizing to eyes who have never seen her in any shadow of light, froze the earth beneath them as her stride touched the earth from angered rain and fog. She thanked the darkness of the arts, the necromancy for proclaiming levity among the death. It laughed at humanity for thinking of chance it could possibly have. She thanked the moon for seeing the night through shadows, and all that which came and went with the earth mother for the years of enduring life and their sacrifice for the future. She shed her tear as her heart wept for those who did not return and martyr her cause. Her tears wept from her seething left eye, rolling from her cheek. She sweeps it away with a flicker of the back of her hand and from her smallest finger. It steams through the air as if aflame. As it hits the ground, it shatters like the richness of crystal, spreading to the crevices in circular form and surrounding her in a glowing nine-point star centered exactly and affirming the face of the moon. As the moment progresses, milliseconds to instants, the ground breaks into a bright, illuminating glow. Shadowing her face and brightening her eyes, she encants a Greek-Latin hymn spell. Thirteen moons hear thy call. Thirteen moons come and flourish. Accept these offerings, transform thee. Hear me call unto thee. Nourish them with thy shadows. Of the maiden moonlit night. This erupts more of the ground beneath her feet as the tip of her toes sink into the soil, streaming veins of melding, glowing ice. In the shutters of your mind's eye, all touched, blooms with the greens of thorn beauty. Illustrious floral of white to blues and vibrant emerald color, an enticing fragrance as if the blackest of red berries and richness in terroir, so pungent alluring the senses unknown to those of mere mortal blood, intoxicating through your eyes as the taste touches the tongue, causing the hypnotic spell spinning you to subconscious realms. Alas, her mind found solace as she peered to the flames that boiled her cauldron churn, like sand to liquid glass from the edges to the mirror in the center of the boiling melt. Her skin still paled in blues, cold as ancient ice, her breast and hair so close to the flame that the fire chills as she whispers an exhale to the cauldron's face. Her breath falls like honey from hex and combs, freezes the center of the mirror, and ripples to the edge of the witch's brew. The words reap the spell of magic from her lips. 
The flames engulf the cauldron, reaching outward enough to flare three meters round. She is unscathed. Her icy chill blues the fire with color where it teases her skin. Steaming mercury like molten silver liquefy and splash upward out of the cauldron, brightening and casting shadow across her face, giving her grin and eyes the brow of sinful cheer. Her necromancy brings wealth to the sea of lake. She bestows rejuvenation thrice its time to all its creatures, invoking the seven-headed kraken to rise again and rain the waters of Delaga and bless the beach with the corpse of those who fear. To the uprise of trees that burn an unyielding flame, the fruit to bring nourish of bread and wine, the soil to bring those who graze on hoof and claw, the stone to yield those who commit to pass through the realm without the chant and blood of the mother, the skies to shed fire upon the unwanted and betrayers, those that are soldiers and spies and not of the mother's coven. And for all those wise and hands of the mother Hecate who share her blood by cup and serve the earth as her children, peace and wealth progress as one with her and the coven. May they all live without fear, be protected by her giving love, nourish from the earth as they give forth thrice as much as sacrifice to the one true mother of earth, Hecate. Days came to months as the years passed to decades. None had ever come to cross the realms or herald the witch with opposition. The sheer look of their eyes as they approached the piles of stones declaring the edge to enter the coven steps would tell you the fear of stories they would run to envelop their witness. The witch, without a splinter from age, held no crows and remained in a state of calm, peaceful, harmonic living with those who understood and cared within her mother's realm. You did not cross, misstep, misjudge, or falter in knowing why you were living and whom you served. Kind at moments, but ruthless if you fail and displease. No mortal had ever set foot a single step onto her stone path without her knowing. The trees, lit with flame, were ever giving through sun and moon, and lit the way to Durga the village, communion of the coven. If you were a familiar to the witches, there was no fearing them. But if you lacked any confidence and respect of your surround, the flames would know and tease at you as they sting to burn. The new growth took quickly as of now. The strength of a mere thorn vine would take the sharpest samurai sword a guild could form, and the weight of the strongest hand in Tsukuba form of a thousand men at least. If these thousand could cut through, at the end of their day would be waiting the flowers of fragrance which would release and intox their senses, infiltrating their bodies through oral fix, unmatched by any sharpened sword of any gotten guild, samurai or not. Tonight, the moon hath cast split by sword, if you were unaware of its existence. Still, it fiercely backlit the brightness and shrouded the vines with vengeful thorn shadows reaching to prick. 
The depth of vine could go to the reaches and you would not be able to see its end. As the night endured its chill, a hiss of sound whispered through the cold, brisk kiss of the season's gloomy moonlight. A sound only made by the metal polished and folded by a life of a master balancing harmonic in a deep tone of falsetto pretending to be a feather in the wielding hand. The sheer of its cut would be a thrill if someone would have seen it happen. Seven feet of vine instantly shriveled and left a two-foot-wide span of bare ground open that no light has seen for decades and just enough space to continue. Quickly, though, for the cut was wide, but the vine would push back heavy and make work. Not only was this sweat for a warrior to be able to endure, but a mantra of life to continue, and to what end? The hiss continued, and alas, drops of wet salt of sweat sprinkled the green of the vine's leaf, 177 feet in at this point. At the look of the vine's shrivel, one would reveal a sliced cut precisely thrust so that carbon of black could be seen as if burned and seared that only a mastery of lifetime could possibly achieve with a blade, let alone 200 feet within the coven's realm. The thorns here are as sharp as three-inch knives, unrelenting knots of organic vine wanting to catch your fall tugging and grasping at any skin to cloth and scraping and scratching the hardest metals known to man. No mortal man could be or live to achieve nor has this or anything close to this feat. The hissing continued for hours and all at once halted so quickly at the very smallest of blooms from the plant of intoxicant. This hidden bloom underneath the thorns meant to fool and trip its catch with a hidden blindness to any normal eye. At the same moment the wielded blade was sheathed, the shadow of a figure obscured looked down at its stand. For the flower, studied closer at its petal, reveals a tiny droplet of red. Spilt not by the sword, but by thorn. As the last sweep of the blade sheared and hauled to sheath, the coven's reach grasped and pierced to what would be human blood and spent its drop upon the flower. This, for now, goes unseen. Upon the witching dawn of morning, as the sand's hour slipped to another turn of glass, her mind unrelenting, never sleeping as her body rests, she spins a slow turn literally and levitates ten feet from the stones at her foot in meditative thought, forming ancient text in her eye of mind telling not story but facts of living realms that are not seen. One of these speaks of darkness even to those that are black in shadow. Black constellation, unseen by naked eyes or mortal minds. One at first thinks of what or how this configuration could be, 
Unknowingly, you look for light that shines at you and you fixate upon that. Here, you search for negative space, the darkness, gray area between the light. Just as a shadow is cast by flickering flames, yet deep into the coals, there is still shadowed darkness by the ever-glowing that prevails. A brooded old wooden door bears the knuckle of a servant as he begins to knock to summon the witch in her domain. A half-breed of witch's blood and beastly human, but sound of mind and brilliant to her cause, speaks with intelligent manner. He calls for his mother behind her closed domain and asks for her counsel and begins to report the night's happening at the coven's edge. The, the, the shadow cast this night was not that of man nor beast. Human held. I'm unsure, mother, and yet wielding that which would have to be some sort of blade. I'm unsure which it could be as well. Sword? Axe? Magic? Which your eyes have not seen? How could this live? Whatever it was, my mother, that they were able to infiltrate 266 feet, stopped right at a single flower, as if sending a message of sorts. The only message sent is your insolence and error of arrogance to your service of the coven. If I may, there has not been a breach in... Well... Never! You insult me! And for this, you lack of spine, and sleep until morning to plead your ignorance. Her eyes gleam, as if this is felt to the depth of vain. She insatiably pulls the prick from the crook the servant twisted it into, unknowingly digging his own grave with little thought and the smallest of curse from the breath of her lungs. Mitera, sicoste proste pagna, tu sisto edofus. The whisper sends the servant lay to ground, his eye twisted to white. He levitates two feet up and drops violently. Curse me again no longer. Bring to me what I ask of you if you wish for the moon's light to dream under again. I want it alive. Find whom or what. And do not fail! Our human eyes float between clouds of mist and sharp ledges of stone untouched, only seen. As they are so close to the sun, your hands, like a child, reach to them and never touch. The locals climb to find these pieces of ledge if they can. They seem to reveal some sort of metallic mix only found here in the peaks. Perched on a small ledge, Haliatus Pelagicus, the white-shouldered and majestic golden-beaked eagle, largest of this land that is known today. It sharpens its blade's beak and talons slowly, gracefully, straight 
clean strokes across the edge that is smooth and hardened from years of weathered cold winters and hot summers. It slowly follows through with precision, achieving a leathered sheen straight to the point. In a free-falling dive, with speed to pinch and jolt its prey with talons so sharp and unbelievably organic to crush with strength and precision, the Haliatus pelagicus, white-shouldered eagle, beams through the sky with pride as it finds its prey. Her shadow stretches to its kill with the evening sun as it peers through the clouds. To feast, feed, and live again. It's mantra, if it could speak. Our day comes to an end in a small farming village upon a cliff's edge. It has been here for a century as far as written scroll from human hand can read. It belongs to a few families and an old eccentric metalsmith. They have gathered their lives here and peacefully continue to live, hidden from the witch's reach and further than her eyes of minion can see. This place only survives and at times harbors those who hide, those who seek refuge from evil. It's perhaps one of seven places that life can exist without evil, per se, witcher's evil. Perhaps it may not even be accounted for at truth. We find a maiden, wrapped and clothed as a farm peasant, clean but tattered and tired. Her hair is dark to black and pinned with two dark brown sticks, chopsticks. Her eyes are green of deep forests, well, her right eye. The left is monochromatic, void of color but shade of white and gray. Her age is strong and not a child, but young as adult do wish to be. Rice is cold here, and the community has finished its harvesting for the day. As she sits on the edge of a large boulder and waits, she sharpens a small knife tool with a round gray stone held by her right hand, so smooth, weathered and hardened and with detail. She follows through in patience to its end, repeating a mantra to herself. Her last pass reaches its end. Her hand pulls tight abruptly and slips. The stone falls to ground and splashes in muddied waters. She peers down and a small piercing from the point causes a droplet of blood to appear. What have I told you? You must follow through and not with haste. The point is what brings the blade in. Speed brings sloppiness. Listen and learn. Oh, how is it I am blessed with such a child? Gods, and may the Buddha look past this day. Hurry now, get cleaned up. Mother has our bowls ready. We must eat and rest to live again like the eagles. You think I tell you lies? These are truths, not stories. Now hurry. She scurries with haste as she grasps her hand. It bleeds no longer, but relishes a fester, orange to greens and a bit swollen and bruised. Lucky for her, she still has her right hand, even though her left is dominant. 
She has lots of work to do. The evening sun stretches her shadow across the small wooden bridge as she runs, giving her an appearance clad with samurai armor as she crosses the archway posts with tool in hand. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. All right, so Chris. Give us the give us the two hundred words on uh, who you are, what you do, and and why we're talking. Chris Zuniga. I dabble in artistic ventures every now and then. I bottle wine for uh, for a living, and I, I really enjoy that. That kind of keeps me uh, busy all the time. So in between times, I'm busy at home with two dogs and my wife of uh, thirty years. Wow. She is also in the wine industry. So that's kind of who, who I am, really. Tell me where this story came from. I've always dabbled in like comic books. You know, comic books were a big thing for me. I, I was really an aspiring artist for quite some time. And, you know, time and place, it just didn't happen. I, I, I've always liked fantasy stories. And, oh, I think it was back in January, I was, you know, running through Netflix and uh, came across Blomkamp was watching his uh, his short stories and I thought oh this is just fantastic you get like you know uh, 30 minutes 40 minutes maybe of a of a brief story you're just thrown right in the middle and I just started thinking thinking about oh you know what could I come up with I've always liked uh, witches and samurais and just something that came out and I was really trying to be more poetic with it so the so the reason I I was interested you sent me a sample is you was the tone right just the, yeah. the atmosphere so i'm a big atmosphere guy I like i like atmosphere and you had this sort of fever dream atmosphere is what i would call it with this you know sort of witch on the cliff doing the thing what's the narrative what's going on in the background here you know what's what's the story i, I kind of wanted to tell the story from more of her view or the witch's view so much, you know, she's not really an evil witch, but just dark, uh, yeah. you know, in the dark arts. I wanted to keep it kind of 
with some realism, but yet fiction from my end. Right now, it's just it's still evolving. You steal some names out of sort of classic mythology. Is that you know is that just random, or are you actually trying to tie back to some of that? Well, I, I kind of wanted to give give it a grounding. I, I do want to keep it fictional per se, but I, I do like to use some of the history stuff. Um, it just you know keeps it more real. I think because you know Hakate Hakate is a goddess, right? A Greek goddess, right? Yes, absolutely. So so that's kind of a witch, but uh, they do uh, she she did snakes and that kind of stuff. <laughs> Uh, well, if you if you really kind of get into it, because I, I did some I did some research, definitely trying to you know figure out who and what. And yeah, she's she's definitely a a, a dark witch, goddess of getting, I guess. Uh, Zeus granted her goddess rights and in, in witch right. There's a lot of kind of back and forth depending you know what you read. Um, so you really kind of have to search for it. I kind of took a little bit from here and a little bit from there. Just try to make it interesting. So do you have fun? I am. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I just got to keep plugging away at it. I'm reminded of some of the things that you say, you know, if you, you know, don't put it out there. Nobody's going to hear it. You know, nobody's going to see it. Right. So I was like, OK, yeah. I'll take the chance. Yep, exactly. Right. That's not your job to judge I, it. It's just your your job to set it free. Yeah, I, I mean, I can only fail and try it again, right? I mean, <laughs> exactly. It's like a Tony Robbins seminar now. All right. <laughs> All right, man, That that's awesome. Anything else you want to say? You know, I, I can only say thanks for the opportunity. And I know I've already sent to you an email, but it was uh, it was a fun thing to hear that, hey, there's a, you know, we're going to have a contest or you know send in some stories you wanted to hear what your your fans were were doing and i was like no way because like three weeks prior to that i I was listening to after the apocalypse and and i'm thinking oh wow you know i should send him my story just so he can you know just give me some critique or something and and then when i got to that portion in uh, season three here i was like wow no way and i was like i have to send (laughs) it in I gotta send it in, you know. There you it's go. Too yeah, fun. yep. That's uh, too, that's karma. So, so yeah, I absolutely appreciate the uh, opportunity. Uh, I, I hope it's worthy. So I'm gonna move you towards the exit here. We're gonna wrap this up. Okay, you bet. So Chris, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate um, you you leaning in on this stuff, and I hope the rendition of this story that we created here is entertaining for people. And like you said, I encourage people to to lean in and do their own stuff, right? Yeah. Hey there, my survivor friends. How are we doing? That was pretty good, huh? Just a few quick comments here to catch you up. For those of you time traveling, we are between seasons three and four, and it's the summer solstice in 2023. I've been working on various projects incidental to the podcast. First, I've been working on the story arc for Season 4, which I think I have some great ideas for. This past week, I listened through Season 2. I've been going back and listening through the old seasons. And I really liked the balance I had in there of deeper themes. So some of the character arcs and the deeper themes balanced with the action. 
and I'll hope to carry that forward in season four. We have over 380 members in our Apocalypse group on Facebook, and we clock about 22,000 downloads a month for the show, so welcome, everybody. It's funny to listen to my old outro comments in season two, where I'm talking about, you know, having 30 group members and a thousand downloads or whatever it was. So there's a lesson to all of us, right? This is the power of patience and consistency. We're three and a half years in to the show and about to start season four. And I think we're in good shape to grow some more. And another bit of news is that I have partnered with an outfit that basically sells podcast advertising. Uh, what we're going to try to do is go directly to companies that have products that are actually appropriate to our survivors, things that you actually would want or need. Uh, this does two things. First, it means you get an ad that's appropriate, unlike the programmatic ads from Acast, which are usually pretty far off the mark. <laughs> I could go on a really long old man uh, diatribe about this, but for instance, I get cosmetics ads and handbag ads and and a whole bunch of those. Here's a show you'd really like to listen to. I'm like, no, I would never listen to that show. So anyhow, do away with that. But second, with any luck, these direct relationships with products and companies would produce more revenue for the show so that we can grow some more. And worst case, my friends, worst case, I learn a lesson, perhaps even an expensive lesson. But I'm all about learning lessons. Here's the thing. We always think that our, our goal in life should be a peaceful, uneventful life, right? No stress, no anxiety. And we avoid taking action because we don't want that stress and we're afraid we might fail. But that's not how humans work. We need stress, positive stress, and we need challenges. And yes, we need those setbacks to learn and grow and do our best work. So another round of applause for Chris and Dwayne for producing a great show. And until next time, my friends, get out there, take risks, lean in, and keep surviving. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.